Ballard and Thunder out there. Here's Wotherspoon. So Goggins the dummy. In comes the ball, and there is the goal. A superb season has just become an extraordinary season. Double winners, history makers. Brown struck it really well. And there is Chris Kane, who does get the goal that puts St. Johnson one up in Austria. Stevie May! Bedlam, chaos, blue limbs everywhere. Notorious media mogul Robert Murdoch, captain of the starship William Shatner, wild-haired boxing promoter Don King, and voice of Darth Vader and Mufasa from The Lion King, James Earl Jones. What have they all got in common? They're all 92 and they're not dead. Like us, Dan, episode 92 of the Dogger Saints podcast. We are very much alive and kicking. I'm Sam Miller. I'm joined by Danny Williams. Hello, Danny. Hi. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Sorry, that sounded awful. That was funnier in my head. Um, how's everyone getting on? They can't answer. It's a podcast. How are you getting on? Oh, me? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you. It's been not much has really happened since our last episode, really. Um, oh, wait. Yeah, we've started scoring goals and winning games and getting a new manager and starting a new Brown and Beige Invasion. It's all kicking off. It's all going off. And by the way, do you know how difficult it was to find uh, at least three or four celebrities who are 92 years old that are still alive and people know who they are? Very difficult. Well, I got a bit distracted then, um, which might explain why I've forgotten, to podca- I've forgotten how to podcast, which is apparently continuing. Um, because I thought I had it in my head that Don King had died, but he's not. No, very much alive. Did you Google it? Yeah. Good. So, St. Johnston FC are back. The podcast is back, and as normal, it is feature-rich. We have got probably, for the first time in our history, six games to cover tonight, Dan. It's three men's, three women's games. <laughs> Not so good. But we will cover them in we'll cover them in equal measures. This is what happens when you don't do a podcast for about a month. You're gonna you're chasing your tail a little bit to kind of catch up. So we're not going to spend too long diagnosing the likes of Saints Motherwell and Alec Clellan's one game. Technically, we've gone through two managers since our last podcast. <laughs> this is true. Well, yeah, because our last episode was the um, Macca got sacked special. It was, and we threw a lot of names into the ring, and as in typical Dogger Saints podcast fashion, landed absolutely nowhere near the answer. I'm going to get this out of the way now. The very night after my... Me coming out twerking for Martindale, right? <laughs> Hashtag twerking for Martindale. <laughs> Hashtag twerking for Martindale. I've got back in from McDermott and watched put sports scene on, and Livingston put in the worst performance I have ever seen in my life from a football team away at Hearts, and I didn't want him anymore. No, um, but this is our new uh, feature of our podcast. It's called One Word Responses. Our Livingston going down. Yes. We will see you next week for episode 93 of the Dogger Saints podcast. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> see us out. Bye. Bye. Uh, we're obviously taking the piss. We've got too many features to be thrown, to be coming in your ears with. We've got George O'Boyle in the Royal, Florida man. Oh, you better believe he's... <laughs> see what that scamp is up to this week in terms of players' birthdays. And also we will be... We'll be doing a theme team. We'll have to get... We'll talk about that when we get to it near the time, but feature rich, Dan. We've also got... And we weren't going to do this if we recorded a week earlier, but I feel enough time's passed. We've got the good, the bad, and the banto, but <laughs> not featuring the really bad banto. We will not discuss the bad banto, which was which was bad banto. But um, 
let's get to football. Let's get to football-based things, and let's start at the beginning. A cricket team from 1884 were looking for a summer sport. Have I gone too far back? Should have stuck to cricket. No, no, no. <laughs> that was my old-timey voice. Sorry? That was my old-timey voice. Thanks. It was very old-timey. Craig Levine is the man in the hot seat at St. Johnson Football Club. We'll talk about the banter page later on, but people will voice their opinions whether it would be a good or bad thing. I am very much Levine in passports out. Dan. I'm very much set. For once, we're on exactly the same page here. There was always, even the ones we mentioned last week that we got quite enthusiastic about, last week, about three weeks ago, last episode, episode 91, that we got quite enthusiastic about. There was always pluses and minuses to anyone Saints are going to get. Anyone. What I felt with Levine, when it became apparent he was going to be the man, was everything that was wrong with Macca, Levine sort of had, or everything Macca didn't, the essential tools that Macca didn't have, i.e. experience, which, look, you only get experience by managing, but you really need an experienced hand with that squad. Um, not falling out with everyone. Um, tactical awareness. Levine's got it. And not dropping uh, Ryan McGowan. That would be that's a fairly handy trait to have. I need I need to come back to that. Like just just put a pin in that because we're <laughs> gonna get back to that because that was very very funny. Um, <laughs> but I, I think my um, what I would say for Levine, the, the concerns were my main concern was he'd been out of the game too long. Anything he did as Scotland manager, come on to that later. I'm just gonna have to save that for a future feature. Um, anything he did as Scotland manager. Isn't really relevant, if, if I'm being honest with you. The relevant parts are probably what he did at Dundee United and, by and large, what he did at Hearts. It went sour at the end, but I saw a lot of Hearts fans on social media, admittedly with that caveat of, yeah, it went really, really bad at the end. But said what he did before that was great. He, in two spells... He never completed a season, admittedly, because he got sacked halfway through one where they were going down. But he never completed a season outside the top six. And they'll have had some good good squads in that time, don't get me wrong. But, admit, and yeah, all right, spell number one was in 19, oak cake. And spell number two was a while ago now. At his first so, time at Heart of Melodian... Craig Levine. Just got, just, he just said he that. And he introduced the maroon strips. Um, <laughs> the men of Midlothian so often worked in factories. Sorry, I'm just using my old timey voice whenever you mention 19 oat cake. Anything pre 1990, I'm going to say one. And we were very flattering knickerbockers. Anyway, <laughs> so he's. Um, he's. <laughs> The word knickerbocker is not used enough. Do you know the origin story of the word knickerbocker? I'll tell you off air. I don't think it's probably a podcast story, but it's a good it's a good good history story. It's about a guy basically who tried to sell books back in the day, so he created this fake character called somebody knickerbocker. Anyway, that's, this is all be getting cut, but yeah, good story. Yeah. So he's a made up he's a made up character made up by an author to generate publicity for the guy. Very good. I think what I've liked about Levine is that you just sort of there's no bluster there. There's no There's chinos. There is chinos. What he lacks yeah, in blustery makes up for in chinos. Very bad colour coordination. But I think what I liked about him 
and he came in and some people were sort of concerned about this which I get but I actually see it as a positive um, the fact that he immediately came in and said Andy Kirk is coming as assistant manager he's going to be doing a lot of the coaching a lot of the donkey work he said I'm too old for that and yeah that's absolutely right I, I've said a million times in the last few weeks Alex Ferguson never took a training session in like the last 15 years at United because he, he knew his strengths lay elsewhere and he had better people to do that job. It's, it's a good skill, particularly when you get older. So, you know, he's delegating. So I think he's, I think that's right. I think he'll be more of a manager rather than a coach, obviously. But he's not really going to do any coaching. One so, more, one thing he is good at, which Callum and Maka both seem to lack, is. Uh, media savvy in front of a microphone and and like he's he doesn't like Callum just used to talk a lot of rubbish basically Maka he didn't know what was like the McGowan thing he's he just said stuff and it never happened he said Nicky Clark was gonna be like it was just seemed when Craig Levine speaks you kind of believe what he's saying as kind of gospel and it's it's not feeding you can pish I felt yeah, from his interview is uh, what I'll do is um for anybody who's not heard it I know it was a wee while back but I'll I'll put in a wee snippet here of his uh, initial uh, introduction. Craig, first of all, congratulations on becoming the new manager of St. Johnson. What does it mean to you to be sat here tonight? Well, first of all, thank you. Um, yeah, I mean, when I, when I heard that there was uh, interest, um, sort of, I've been doing the director of football role uh, for a while. Um, my last spell at Hearts, I was doing two jobs at the, at, the, at the same time. And I always had it in my mind that after I left Hearts, I would like to have another uh, another go at management. Um, and in the meantime, I was at Brecon uh, helping my, my, my friend, the chairman out there. Um, and there was other things that had come up that, that were some, in, some interest. But I, I actually really like Jeff and... Stan and Roddy, and uh, that was <laughs> that was part of it. You know, I like the people here, so um, that's the main reason. Can you just talk us through the timeline and the process and how the opportunity came about? Uh, I can't remember. Uh, <laughs> um, I was coming up to see. Uh, it's complicated. I was coming up to see Max on uh, what day was it? Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday. Um, and I think it was the day before that that I'd, that Jeff had made contact. Um, and we just chatted and then had a, had a meeting um, and then there was stuff obviously that was going back and forward with it, as, as is always the case in these situations um, but you know there was an added complication Andy was coming with me from Brecon um, which had to be dealt with as well um, yeah so it, it, it actually happened relatively quickly when, in the greater scheme of things where these things can drag on and on you joined Saints with a, a wealth of experience, having managed over 600 games. Why did you feel now was the right challenge to come back and get back in the dugout? Um, I, I've always had this in my head that I would that I, I wanted to go back into the dugout at some point. So, and I don't know how long that will be for. Maybe it might not even be my choice, you know. So, um, but I, I wanted something that I felt comfortable with, you know. And and as I say. I've been I've been at a number of clubs clubs over the years, and my best periods have always been working with people that I like, 
you know, um, and that's brought the best out in me. And I thought that, you know, looking at the, the situation here, Roddy I've known for years, had a few black eyes off him uh, in the past. Um, I know Gus obviously really well, um, and I've known Jeff for a fair period of time as well. So, and you know, once we got speaking, it, it was very uh, entertaining, shall we say? <laughs> we had a good a good chat, and uh, it just felt right. And it's difficult to explain sometimes with these things, but it, it feels right. So, um, that's the most important part for me. And you've confirmed that Andy Kirk will be your assistant manager. What is your relationship like with him and what can he help bring to your side? Well, there's one thing, the older you get, the, the thing that uh, I certainly think the, the energy levels aren't quite the same as they were when I was you know, 40 or 30 or whatever. So, um, And Andy is a fantastic coach. Um, he's, he's, I took him, he was a player for me at, at Hearts back in 2000. Um, he was at Rangers and I took him back to Hearts to be in... To, to go into the youth uh, system at Hearts as a coach, and then he managed under 18s, and then he managed the reserves. And for a while, he was Daniel Stendel's first team coach. So he's been gaining all this experience through a, through a, a period of time. Um, he did a spell with the Hearts women's program. He ran the whole thing for a while, uh, which gave him some other skills, which is which is good. Um, and then the breaking situation came out my, my friends the chairman there they were needing a new manager and um you know brought andy there so i've kind of been you know watching him grow as, as times passed um and you know this is another step up from, from the point of view the level of players that he's going to be dealing with so and he can do all the stuff that requires loads of energy and i can do all the thinking uh, you were obviously you were here on Wednesday night for the one over Kilmarnock. What was your thoughts on that performance? I thought the performance was good. Um, you know, Kilmarnock had been doing well recently, and uh, I, I was pl pleasantly surprised. I watched the game pre-season, and the team weren't particularly good, uh, and I probably had that picture in my mind. Um, I've watched obviously. Well, I know Stephen McLean really well because he was at Hearts as well, and I've watched his, um, you know, some of the matches that, that the team played, and I thought I actually thought they were St Johnson quite unfortunate, and they were always in the game or seemed to be in the game, um, but there were some of the players that I saw uh, on Wednesday that I hadn't seen before, and I think I think there's a good group of players. Um, and there's something there to work with. So that has obviously strengthened my interest in taking the job. You know? So obviously you feel that you've seen enough from that victory to give you confidence you can turn the season around? Um, there's certainly the raw material there to work with. You know? So that's important. You know? and, then, and then after that, it's about relationships and, and getting the best out of people and trying... I mean, there's two ways to improve a team. One is to improve ind individual players, and, and the second one is is to go out and buy better players. Um, so, of those two, I think that, that, that St Johnson's ripe for the first one, you know. Um, and I think that there are players here here who can improve, and therefore, if they all improve even a little bit, the team improves, and that's the thing that that I see as my challenge. How much are you looking forward to getting started and putting your style of play in place? Um, 
Yeah, of course. I mean, it's the, the, the first days are always exciting at any new football club. Um, and, you know, I'm looking forward to, um, you know, chatting with the players and watching them and uh, and maybe, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a, a back seat sometimes in the uh, in the coaching and let Andy get on with it so I can just keep an eye on, on the players and to make notes on how things that they might be able to improve on themselves. Um, and then that will get us off to a, <clears throat> excuse me. That will get us off to a start, and then we can sort of speak to the players about the things that we feel we can help them with. What's your thoughts ahead of another huge match here on Tuesday night against Motherwell? Um, I, I think that all I'm thinking about is you know coming in, meeting the players, the the game itself. Then you know Andy and I will, will have a look at footage of Motherwell and and come up with something for sure. As you say, Dan, about the let Andy Kirk, his strength lies elsewhere. He's, he admitted he spread himself tooth and at heart, so he's maybe learned from his mistakes and we're only getting a better Craig Levine for it. Yeah, exactly. That's what good managers do. They learn from the mistakes, no matter how far into the career they go. They don't, you know, get sacked from a job for finishing 11th one season and then taking a team career in down and then come out and claim they did nothing wrong and they're hard done by. Um, <laughs> not thinking of anyone in particular there, um, Callum. <laughs> Yeah, and I think even after the Motherwell game, I liked how he came out and he didn't try and either say, oh, yeah, you know, we were brilliant and we were hard done by and the ref, you know, invented somewhere where the ref screwed us over or or he didn't come out and hammer the players for dropping and too, too late. He took the game for what it was and he assessed it and, and I think he gave a fairly honest appraisal, I think. And you can tell the players like him already. You know, you can tell at the end of games and you can tell he sort of likes them. He's, you know... On the pitch, arm around the shoulder, giving them all, you know, digs in the arm and stuff like that. I, it's all right when you get him, you're picking up points, you know, that could obviously change. But I think he's a good man manager. It might not work and we still don't know quite how good this squad is. Although, judging by the evidence in the last three games, um, big mate of mine, one of our regular listeners, Stuart Taylor... <laughs> Um, Stuart said to me, he's like, Macca might go down as one of the worst managers we've ever had, but he could turn out to be one of the best heads of recruitment we've ever had. That's a very valid like point. different players. Wouldn't be a bad really role for him. There is a role in football for Macca. Um, I just think a lot of people said he shouldn't have been given a job, but I think he deserved it on merit for keeping him up. But it was the two, it's, it's difficult. It's a different one to call it. It's, it's irrelevant yeah. now, to be fair. It's absolutely irrelevant. Um, I think that's what I would say, actually. Pits upon a good point. Um, I'd actually say everything Saints have done, aside from anything involving three-year contracts, um, everything Saints have done, March or April, whenever, whenever Callum got potted, basically, has been pretty justifiable, even if not universally agreeable. I think giving Mac a, a shot at the end of last season... Well, sorry following on from the end of last season, giving him a shot permanently was justifiable. Um, getting rid of him when they did was justifiable. Well, in fact, it was dead right. Um, and I think they bought in... I think even if people still don't agree with the Levine appointment... How could you not? Just think of the memes. Think of the memes. The man's a mean machine. He is a mean machine. He's um, terrible. 
I did a wee bit on Super Scoreboard on Cloud One, um, and had a not a set mm. two, but I know check me out. Uh, with Andy Halliday, who was saying it'd be, I think St. Johnson should have approached uh, a young up and coming manager. Now that just seems like a bit of a party line because we can't be kind of accused of not doing that. Looking at Maka, Callum, Owen Coyle, Derek oh. McInnes, Paul Sturrock, oh, Tommy Wright, all these guys we gave their first managerial job to. Now is the time where this is not the job for a manager to come in who's never managed. Well, I mean, Lomas on that list because the only job he'd had before of a first team was St. Neots Town. Doesn't, yeah, fair <clears> point, so, doesn't count. Yeah, I think Saints have now, and circumstances have dictated it. I think in a different time, great, carry on the succession planning, carry, you know, carry on with Maka, whatever, or bring in another younger manager. It was pretty obvious that one of the big, big problems with McLean, even when it was happening, this isn't just hindsight corner here, one of the big problems with McLean was that lack of experience and that naivety and not really knowing, saying one thing, saying the way he wanted to play and then not really knowing how to do it. So he made a rod for his own back saying it in the first place. I did actually, the other thing, I don't mean to prattle on about McLean here, but I think it's probably more tying in with the general media savviness that we've seen in the last sort of few weeks. And it made sense. I mean, a lot of people will have been there that are listening. Um, I was there, sat next to him, or sat two seats down from him. And Maka, it, again, I'm going to reiterate, is a really nice lad. Um, mm-hmm. But Maka has come out at his fans' forum meeting just after he'd been given the job permanently. And basically said that he didn't really believe in sports science, thought warm downs were bollocks. Yeah, it, fitness wasn't really a height of his concerns. And then you've got Andy Considine coming out after the Motherwell game saying, yeah, we're fucked by the hour mark. So I would, said, we're not fit. And you can tell, you look at other teams coming in, and this is what Levine's going to have to do. And I imagine it will have been his focus during the international break. We are knackered at the hour mark every single game. But you look at teams like Livy, like Motherwell, and it costs against Motherwell. Killy as well. Yeah. Um, did so much fit. And look at him out of injuries we had, we've had. I'm not saying, you know, a lot of it. And it's why I've never really never really quite bought the line of, oh, he's had such bad luck with injuries. Oh, you know, Mac's had such bad luck with it. It's like, if you're not really, if you're going against the very much respected status quo, Francis Rossi. You're going against the very much respected status quo of basic sort of sports science and fitness and conditioning coaching, then you might start picking up injuries and it's probably not a coincidence. So prattled on enough. So that's the yeah, that's where we were. Shall we move on to some games, Sam? and see where we are. Yes. What I was going to suggest is, well, we kind of laughed when we seen Levine at the Motherwell game saying, oh, that's a new manager checking out his surroundings just for a bit of a laugh. Turned out he was. But that game, uh, Cleland, the first thing I noticed he got rid of was that weird... Kind Killy of... game, Sam. Sorry. I mean, oh, you. did I say Motherwell? Yeah. I meant Kilmanic. I beg your pardon. Same, right. same thing. West, West of Scotland. Yeah. We'll, we'll fucking hammer through our teams. Teams like Motherwell. Teams like Kilmanic. 
Uh, we should be beating <laughs> them. But um, I did notice the first thing that uh, Alec Cullen did get rid of was that weird cone thing they did when they run on the pitch. That's gone. I don't believe in warm downs, but we'll stick some cones out and <laughs> do slaloms for him at the start of a game. Alec Cullen did not agree with that, and it was out. So it was a, a lovely bench um, management uh, trio of Alistair Stephen, Alec Cullen, and Danny Griffin, and it was great to see. I love that. That was one of the things I loved about that night. It was like the ramshackle boys together. Big Craig Inchcliffe, the goalkeeper coach. He's been let loose on the iPad. He'll be downloading fart noise app or whatever. Porno noise. Stick all over yours. Um, so he'll be having a great time on the bench. But yeah, it was the fourth official's way to hold up the board to see the, the amount of uh, minutes, and it's got 69 on it, and he's sitting giggling away in the corner. <laughs> Greg Hinchliffe, replacing, team rascal. Replacing Gordo with Chris Kane. Two both <laughs> on the pitch. Um, <laughs> still did it. Um, it was, yeah, it was absolutely class. No, I like that. It was a good... And you could tell the way they played, but not only were the cones out, so it was cones out, Ryan McGowan right back in. That was very, very funny. Yeah, and he did well. And for anybody unaware of what happened, where have you been? But this is what happened in the first seven minutes. St Johnston look to break early here. Chance for Chris Kane and oh! Johnston take the lead. There's a flag up though, though, just to deny us that moment of joy. <laughs> St Johnston look to have taken the lead within 40 seconds, but the assistant, the assistant referee's flag on that east stand side is up and. It will be checked just to make sure. Yeah, it looks like um, it was offside as a referee and the linesman first thought, but really good start to the game, showing a lot of attacking intent there. Kane getting a shot on target early doors. Nicky Clark showing his striker's instinct getting in there, just unfortunately looks like it was offside. Yeah, having a few words there with his um, with the VAR official. We it's a goal! a goal for St Johnston! Nicky Clark! Oh. Put St Johnston in a lead. I made it less than 40 seconds on the clock. Yeah. St Johnston with the most splendid of starts that we could imagine. Yeah. Scary, it's a dangerous ball. Oh. St Johnston oh, made it too. It's a tremendous header. Nicky Clark is on a hat trick. There's six and a half minutes played. What a ball into the box by Graham Carey. That was a dream ball into the box, and you can see it's Danny Griffin and Alex Cleland down there. Shows the importance of having Nicky Clark back in the side. Two real strikers finishes so far from him in the right place at the right time. The ball was just begging to be attacked, though, wasn't it, at the front post? And he nods at home. A dream start for St. Johnson. Unbelievable. Two, again, VAR sticking their big fucking beaks in when unrequired. The first one, like a five minute wait to see that he was about two feet onside, which was outrageous. But goal counted after the first minute. And then a big header in the, I think, seventh minute was enough to see yeah. Saints win 2 1. It was a nervy second half, but they, they just seemed to play, certainly in the first half, like a team free of any kind of pressure. Oh, they came out like a rat of a drain pipe. They were absolutely right at Kilmarnock. Like I say, free from pressure. And obviously, we'd said, didn't expect Alec Clellan to make many changes. 
and then he brought Ryan McGowan back in, which was a bit of a telltale sign. Of, yeah. Um, maybe things were maybe it was capers of foot. Um, but he was great. He was absolutely fantastic. Um, and he has been in the game since. But he's a really good footballer. Um, but yeah, um, I thought. Fitness again caught up with him, but first half was sensational. Liam Gordon taking a pot shot from about 35 yards and hitting the bar, albeit via a massive deflection. But um, I, I don't care. Chris Kane overhead kick. Chris Kane overhead kick. I forgot about that. <laughs> it was. Um, uh, it was naughty. It was all going off. I think what happened second half, um, even before Derek Costello got sent off for going kung fu fighting. Um, to, be blame, to be fair, I blame Matty Kennedy purely for not wearing shin guards or like having his socks rolled out. I think remember that thing you used to do when like you used yeah, to like roll your for a tackle like that. No, nah, I blame Matty Kennedy. Remember, did you ever do that as a thing where you used to roll your socks down over your over your actual shoes? No. Okay. Let's move on then. Um, <laughs> I didn't do that either. No, definitely not. No, uh, <laughs> I'm not engaging with this because I don't really want to know this crime against fashion. But um, no, I think what Kilmarnock did do while well, you mentioned there, um, obviously Matty Kennedy um, watching play on a Saturday, sort of really started pushing, started pushing the line back. It seemed to switch from a four, which it looked like at the start, to a five pretty quickly. Um, Costello, obviously, then getting sent off, but they, they were great. They showed great character. Stuck at it, and um, obviously first win of the season. I was delighted for Alec as well. Yeah, um, they've done well and they reacted. Obviously, it was, which kind of shows a bit of shite baggery from the players that, if you know what I mean, like they it, must be a fairly it, arsehole it bunch. To it's the same team that you could think of all the players that you know, all the fans that went down to St. Mirren and had to sit through that four nil, the Ross County two nil game, and it's the exact same team, and all of a sudden. The man who's standing at the back is a son at the front, and then they're playing good football or better football. Exactly. And thinking your gaffer's an arsehole. Um, we all do. Valid excuse for. Sorry. We all do. I hate my gaffer's yeah. an arsehole. <laughs> we all did that. <laughs> uh, if my boss is listening, um, I love you, Scott. Um, you fucking... oh, right on that arse. That's what that is. <laughs> um, no. Um, so, yeah, if everyone who thought the boss was an arsehole didn't turn up to work, nothing in this country would ever get done. So, um, well, I guess done anyway. So, um, I don't think that's a valid excuse. But it's, yeah. It, so, there is, and I, I do feel, yeah, I felt very sorry for the fans that went down to um, Paisley on that Saturday. It, and to be honest with you, the problem I'm not <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy Brown's um, back pass. If there was ever a pinpoint moment for a man, um, <laughs> you could pinpoint the player trying to get his manager sacked. <laughs> not that I'm suggesting he did that, but if he could, um, it's funny. Yeah, the, sorry. I was just going to say um, it's quite funny because um, Craig Levine likes him, maybe because his surname is Brown, and that's one of Levine's favorite colors. <laughs> <laughs> Just a theory. Just a theory. <laughs> right. So we've got to get on to this now, the Motherwell game. Right. This is a nice segue. And <laughs> the big man turns up. Right. <laughs> his first his first game as manager. 
he rocks up and he sets his stall out, out of the, right away by wearing an outfit that consisted of four different shades of brown. <laughs> Big fat. Fifty shades of brown with Craig Levine. Ooh, Fifty <laughs> shades of Levine. Yeah. A little bit of Glen Roth ass to mouth there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so... <laughs> um, this so once again Saints go two two up before half time and here's the goals. Matt Smith is over that one. He just had some good play out on that right flank. He's able to move away from his marker real easily. Puts this crossover right. Oh, yeah, and that's a goal, St Johnston. It's Nicky Clark rising. I was going to say unchallenged. He was challenged, but he rose well above the defender and dispatched one into the net. It's the first goal of the Craig Levine era. Nice well, one, Sam. As we said, we needed a good ball in the box. Brilliant whipped effort from Matt Smith, I think it was, in the corner. A great header by Nicky Clark. You see, he was challenged, but he rose highest. A really comfortable header from him. Strong that one last week against Kilmarnock. Almost mirror image, actually, similar position into the back of it, and as you say, the first goal of the Craig Levine era, and it is 1-0 St Johnston. It's a good ball. Ricocheting about there, can Considine's been in! Find a second, they most certainly can, it's Andy Considine. St Johnston, 2, Motherwell, nil. 27 minutes played here in McDermott Park, and yeah, these summer the breaks that have been going for us, and you know, that those type of balls were you know, bouncing at the opposition and getting flicked away. This one fell kindly at the feet of Andy Considine and uh, made no mistake in Dublin St Johnson's lead. So once again, Nicky Clark doing Nicky Clark things, which we will get to very soon. Um, once again, scored... <laughs> all of the Nicky Clark things in these last three games. Yeah, did all the Nicky Clark things. Scored another great header, very similar to the one against Kilmarnock. Uh, before Andy Considine scored. We were lucky to kind of go one, well, two up to be fair, because they did score earlier on, but handball and uh, a good finish. But no dice, says VAR. No dice. Um, and I enjoyed VAR sticking its beak in then, but... Um, <laughs> and you had a pop at it for the Kilmarnock game, actually. That first goal, Lionel had flagged it for some reason, so VAR did as a bit of a turn. Still sticking its beak in. Aye. But... Andy Considine, who has been pretty good recently, Very the last few months. Very good, in fact. <laughs> he had his... He had probably his ropiest game I've seen for a while against Motherwell, but compensated it by scoring a gloriously shit goal. Yeah, just just stuck his toe out. He was showed the composure, and that was his first home goal. I, remember, I think we were at the game. He's, the heart, was it Hearts away he scored last? Hearts away, yeah. Um, yeah, when we... Three two games are good enough. That's when our um, boys got fucked by um, the walking red card, Daniel Phillips. <laughs> Daniel Phillips, who had a tough old, um, he had a tough old night against um, Motherwell, playing out of position at right wing back. Um, Levine got let off the chain. He's never been on the chain, that man. But <laughs> he was, um, he was off it right away, and then <laughs> absolutely typical. Um, Kettlewell makes a half-time substitution. Big Theo comes on. He was right. On the left wing. Sorry? He was rubbish. He was great. Aye? I thought he was brilliant. He trampled over Phillips all, all half. Yeah, fair. They're pals, are they not? No, but to be fair, he was, I thought he was really good on the left. When he got in the box, 
and was presented with some pretty straightforward chances. <laughs> yeah. That's the boy we all know and love. Yeah, he didn't let us down. Theo doing Theo things, as as, as we like to say. Um, but he did, did kind of dummy it and knock Phillips off for, I think it may have been Motherwell's first. Um, but they, a two-all draw. Um, the main thing is we are scoring goals. Mainly via Nicky Clark. So can you guess what happens next? Let's, well, of course you can, because you all saw it. Let's go to the third game of the week against home to Ross County. Um, Malky Mackay's Ross County. We'll get to him. Fucking the uh, human dump, the human dumpster fire, Malky Mackay. <laughs> lost his job on the back of a defeat. It wasn't a very good game. I think the first half of that match was fair to say possibly the durest 45 minutes I've ever witnessed at a football game. Actually, I can think of one other game. I'll get to that. It could have got football cancelled. Um, and it was, I said, that was a forget. I said to you, like, immediately after the halftime whistle, that's a forgettable half of football. Because I've watched, I've kid watched every single kick of it and can't remember a single thing that happened. The highlight of the first half was like the two say, It wasn't like you say, it was forgettable. Oh, that was forgettable, that. No, it literally, I forgot it right away. It was horrendous, but... The highlight was the two-minute silence. Yeah, yeah. And I missed that because I was packing the food bank away. Um, so it was, um, yeah, it wasn't good. But, and if I'm being honest with ourselves, the second half wasn't exactly a balls-to-the-wall affair. No, but this is what happened. Matt Smith does well to move away from his man, gets his head up, picks out Graham Carey in the midfield. He does likewise and finds Luke Robinson, promising break here for St Johnston. Robinson makes his way inside the box. Cut back, finds Stevie May. He's just needing a bit of help and support there. It's Graham oh, finish! finish! That's a wonderful strike from the St Johnston midfielder. That moment of quality arrives and it arrives in style. Graham Carey puts St Johnston into an important lead. 1 0 Saints. Sam, great work. Brilliant down the left hand side. Luke Robinson perseveres, beats his man, skips past and cuts it back. And Stevie May does really well, just holds onto the ball, doesn't take a snapshot or waste the possession. Rolls off to Graham Carey and he turns and curls it into that top corner. First time. That is. A moment of pure and utter quality, which is what we have discussed and what has been sorely lacking in this game. It was a no chance. Peach of a strike. First times in Ross Laidlaw, who I think is one of the tallest goalkeepers in the league, even with his reach, he was never getting anywhere near that one. And it's St Johnston who make the breakthrough here at McDermott Park. Graham Carey who we'll get to at the end, because we both said the same thing after the game when we heard an interview about him, so we'll get to that. But um, he scored the goal, and we came away with another three points. That's eight points in a week. That's seven points in a week. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is what yeah, happens when you don't um, do podcasting for three weeks. You forget basic football uh, knowledge. <laughs> you forget that it's it's one point for a draw. Um yeah, no, um, Graham Carey, who has turned into the second of Lionel Messi uh, in the past, well, in the 10 days after McLean got sacked. Um, superb goal, and it was a real great build-up. Good work from um, from Luke Robinson. Um, good work from Stevie May. 
a lovely finish, and it was a lovely moment for Graham Carey for um, for obvious reasons. And but he's he's been in great form, and so many players are now kicking into great form. Saints had the only other moment of quality in that half as well in the whole game when Nicky Clark nearly scored the best goal I've ever seen in my life when he hit the bar. Oh yeah, that was a that great big, yeah. that sort of volley over his shoulder. Oh my days. Uh, and then he got injured. Yes, let's touch with that. He is once again out until the new year, which is a worry considering he's scored pretty much. He's our biggest threat up front by a mile. Well, a good buddy of mine um, is a Motherwell fan. He texted me before the injury and he said he's worried about us if we keep Clark fit. He said he's just a complete cut above everyone else. Yeah. He is. He's quality. He's absolute quality. But we're going to have to find a way to play without him and be a threat in front of goal without him. It's as simple as that. I've got a theory. I, I, go on. Stevie may up front by himself. Oh, now that's good. <laughs> that's never been tried before. No. And if it was oh, tried, create, I'm sure... Create situations where Chris Kane has loads of time to think about what he's doing. <laughs> oh, God. That always works and all. <laughs> oh, dear. But um, you could bring Jeff caught out of the deep freeze. Big Jeff. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm all in favour of it. I, I think that's... I don't know. I think he's going to go Kane and May. We'll get to that at the end. I think Kane and May will be the first port of call. May's been doing really well, actually, coming off the bench last few games. So I don't know whether you want to sort of mess with that. But then you could also say, well, maybe he's done enough to earn place back in the starting 11 he could go left field I wouldn't be surprised actually at Tynecastle if he goes one up front but time will tell if he goes one up top we'll discuss it later on near the end of the podcast but overall these three games a few players have certainly came out and started to shine Luke Robinson would be one for me who I think has been absolutely excellent a very good player very good player Um, I think Matty Smith's been Top quality. I think he looks like potentially the best midfielder we've had since McCann. Um And we've had plenty of them, with all due respect to Jacob Butterfield. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, why is he the go-to shit midfielder? <laughs> <laughs> the bottom man. Um, <laughs> Mr. Lurpak. Anyway, um, Kano's been good. You know what you're getting with Kano. Um, Tate's been very good, right? More people need to say how good he's been. It's Liam Gordon. Yes. Do you know why that is? Having what? McGowan and Concert on either side of him. Exactly. That is when Stephen Anderson was the best, when he had Fraser Wright and Dave Mackay round about him, like talking him through games. Yeah. That is exactly what's been needed and required. It's, it's basic science, Daniel. In the words of 80s weird old hitmaker Thomas Dolby, she blinded me with science. I don't know that song. Do you not? No. Oh, get it on. Put that as our, put that as our theme, uh, our closing song. Is, so from, is it from 1992? No, it's from about 81 or something. We should have done it in episode 81. Blow it. Well, unfortunately, we hadn't concocted this scheme by then. Yeah, it's a good scheme. It's just a chance to shoehorn some good music in here, or some bad music. <laughs> If you prefer. Do you know what? We could have done it for like episode 11 or something like that and had some old timer music. <laughs> Winifred oh, Atwell. Some Winifred Atwell in there. Winifred Atwell. 
Let's have a ding dong. Right, come on. <laughs> right. Let's have another. Let's have a ding dong with feature. Let's go to Florida, shall we? Yes. I don't have a, a jingle for it, but I might just. I'll find something to stick in there. Right, Florida man. If you are unaware of how Florida man works, um, if you type in your date of birth or any date. You type in the words Florida man and the date of birth. It will give you a news story from that day involving a Florida man doing something stupid. F- Florida seems to be the state in America where crazy shit happens on a regular basis. Now, I noticed this week it was the birthday of Luke Robinson, just previously discussed, and Craig Hepburn, who look remarkably alike. Yeah, they do, actually. That's, that's well, no, I don't know. Both ginger. That might be it. That could be it. <laughs> But do you want to hear the story about what Florida man's been up to on their birthday? Yes, please. Which was the 20th of November. So, a Florida man has been arrested for having sex with a miniature horse on multiple occasions. Weird guy. Yep. Well, according to the Marion County Sheriff's Office, 21-year-old Nicholas Anthony Sardo has been arrested and charged with four counts of sexual conduct with an animal. Gets better. Deputies say that a witness came forward and reported that she'd witnessed Sardo having sex with a miniature male pony named Jackie G. I don't know why I found that so funny. <laughs> in a pasture on a family member's property three days earlier. This is where it gets better. Another witness came forward saying she saw it as well and she approached Sardo about what she had seen according to the sheriff's office. Sardo immediately admitted to her that he had sex with a horse and also gave the same admission to a detective investigating the allegations. One of Sardo's family members is the owner of the horse and the horse is currently under their care. Stipulations of Sardo's future con- contact with the horse could be determined by the judge in the near future. So I think he's getting banned from seeing the horse. <laughs> Sardo admitted that he had sex with the horse four times during the course of a week. Uh, he used a condom each time because he didn't want to get catch a disease from the horse. Do you remember when this used to be a football podcast? Now we're talking about people banging horses. <laughs> but Florida man is a sick man. No denying that. I saw a brilliant description of Florida Man this week. I'll send this to you. This was on Twitter, and it was um, after the Cricket World Cup final. And a lad called Travis Head and one man on a match, an Australian guy. And someone put on Twitter, so much love about Travis Head, not least the fact he always looks like a mugshot of a Florida man arrested for an amusing but criminal incident. Amusing but criminal incident involving meth, an alligator, and a roller coaster. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty good appraisal of Florida man yep. in general. Yeah. Apart uh, from when he's banging horses. Banging. I like banging horses. Um, I like banging horses. I've, 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 I've got one very quick Florida man for you, for uh, Mr. Craig Levine, our, our new gaffer, Mr. Brown and, oh, Mr. Brown and Beige, and uh, a darker brown. Um his birthday is October 22nd, so if you type in Florida Man October 22nd into Google, you will get the story about a naked Florida man covered in Vaseline was caught running through a mall in the southern Florida area this afternoon. He was screaming profanities about how Elizabeth Warren was going to tax him to death. The man proceeded to take a dump in the cash register before passing out in a store that sells mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> it's, quite, it's quite the tale. That's a fitting tribute to our new manager, Miss Levine, but I have... Another tribute to. Have you got another Florida man? No, but I do have. I would like to take everyone on the journey to Dan's Poetry Corner. Ah, yes, yes. If if you've listened to Dan's, um, it seems to be like a every other episode feature now, which I thoroughly enjoy. We've had poems about uh, Dimitar Mitov, about being mm. how he's a beautiful human being. Stevie May's hair. 
That was a good one. Yes. And, and now we're getting one about Craig Levine. Yes. Um, Bring it. I feel, I was going to say, <laughs> I was going to say, it can't be every other, it can't be every other episode because I did the meet of one in um, in September, but we do that a few episodes these days. That <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> probably is. Um, okay. <clears throat> so this is a poem I like to call The Boss of Kim Ross. They say it defied any sort of logic, but we all knew it was going to be magic. They say he's about to be pure dos. Now we're managed by the boss of Kim Ross. He likes a laugh, has no regrets. Seems, seems like he'd be classed with pets. Life will be sweet with him in charge if the banto stops mentioning fucking Prague. <laughs> he may come from Fife, but don't hold it against him. He's paid for life, just like Simon Menson. He needs some new clobber, so gots to get paid. Four shades of brown, you maverick renegade. Before you arrived, the football was bleak. Now Graham Carey looks like Messi in the space of a week. Effective use of Stevie May, ensuring opponents have a shite day. With Smudger and Robbo, Dan and Jimmy B, the Saints can now run wild and free. <clears throat> Unlike Motherwell Wolves, Brighton and Dundee, when their gaffer was former Aberdeen manager Mark McGee. <laughs> Martindale, bound to fail. Scott Brown, get out of town. Robbie Nielsen decided to get all rowdy. So to the boss of Kim Ross, we all say, howdy. I've got all the time in the world for a good book. You are, I would suggest, um, wasted. Your talents are wasted on, on a podcast. That's what I'm going to suggest. Because you could be writing lovely prose when I'm talking about people banging horses. I, I write very, very niche poems for a football podcast. I think this is very much where I'm where I'm best spent. Um, few <laughs> things I'd like to give myself a little bit of credit for, or I'd like to sort of bring up. Um, firstly, I managed to buy Martindale with something that wasn't jail. That took a lot of effort. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that would be the, that'd be the easy way out. It took it? a lot of effort to not do that. Um, Robbie Nielsen taking a job at a club called the Tampa Bay Rowdies. A lot of time for that. Um, yeah, in the second division in America. Um, fair play to him. Um, and I do think Craig Levine would be good with pets. I think he, I think he's probably got or class with pets. I think he, you know, I bet he's got a spaniel or something. Oh yeah. I bet he does have a Spaniel, a beige one. Yes, exactly. A beige Spaniel. <laughs> which has ended up in the washing I'm machine weird, once. I'm a weird guy. When who, a, who comes up with this shit? I bet like, Levine's dog has ended up in the washing machine a few times when um, Mrs. Levine's been put in the washing and accidentally grabbed it thinking it was a pair of his chinos. Yes. Definitely happened. Definitely it happened. It seems like it would happen. Do you know what else happened? I'm sorry? Do you know what else happened? Go on. We went to join St. Johnston Women's for a day on their training centre. Let's let's go. Oh, we're gonna get away without mentioning this. We we really really can't. Let's talk about St. Johnston Women. I'm
so yeah, St Johnston men's team have had a, some great results. Women's team not so much, but we have managed to catch up with players across the board uh, to talk about these three games. But before we do that, we went along to their training session for a for a wee kickabout, Dan. Well, for some of us it was a kickabout, for some of it it was a fall on your ass and make a tit of yourself, jamboree. <laughs> it certainly was a jamboree. So basically, uh, the videos are available online. Have a look at our Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. Um, all the videos are on there. But yeah, we had a little shooting drill against. Nicola Carter, Ellie Begg, Jodie Malcolm and Jodie the Heat Ovens with Bobby the Black Eye Cochran in the sticks. Thanks to you, Dan. First shot right in the pus. <laughs> it was the worst thing about that was I caught it pretty sweet, but it was off my shin. So I was actually trying to put it across um, Bobby and I felt felt very bad. Um, so, and then after that, because um, it was a two-touch drill, my second one, I'm going to claim that I was still feeling guilty and my judgment was clouded by that. Um, I took three touches. Oh, sorry, I took two touches and then shot, so that was three. Um, after that, cut in the game. But I I, I, um, I did not enjoy watching myself play football on video. I've played football for 27 years. And that was an eye-opener. Yeah, I, I didn't cover myself in glory, to be fair. Um, yeah, I fell over. I'm not, I don't, I, there's no other way to describe it. Um, I took. I would say I took too good a touch, and I, I, I span round way too quick, and the laws of physics absolutely did me, and down I went. You didn't take too good a touch. You were all left foot. You lost balance trying to get it into a position to go onto your left foot. That's true also. And yes. the laws of physics went against you, but... So we scored three, three goals out of our six. The girls got four. Um, how many shots? No, not six, 12. That's um, that's less good for all concerned. <laughs> um, we beat them four, three by the girls. I say we, I say we scored three goals. You did, Dan. I didn't score any. I scored three goals. Yeah, thank you, mate. But um, as someone accurately described me, this came to light. After, this wasn't in connection to this video. Um, a mate of ours, brother-in-law, played a couple of games six aside with us, and apparently said, "Why has Dan got four arms?" <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, there's not a lot of meat in them legs. I'm not going to lie, but what a fantastic day we had! It was. It was good fun, and I got pulled up mainly for um, being out of puff. Um, at the end, but I hadn't done a warm up. That's what I'm blaming it on. Yeah, that was strange. Um, but hey ho, no, yeah. what I um, no, really glad. Um, really glad, really nice of the girls to invite us down, and obviously Kevin, Jamie, Gaffers, grabbing us down. It was a good laugh, and hopefully, hopefully, shone a bit of a light on. Um, on the we did quite well with the old hits on Instagram. I noticed. I am. Um, I'm not checked. To be fair, I just, it was just a good fun video. To be fair, and I was absolutely delighted. But what I lack for in goal scoring talent, I make for up in quizzing, Dan. <clears throat> right. <laughs> so this was a fiddle. Right. I'll tell the story, Dan, because I feel. No, no, no. Okay, yeah, and I'll just, I'll just come in with what happened, what happened in reality afterwards. Let's do this. So the St. Johnson Women's uh, fundraiser quiz in the Muirton Suite on Friday night there, um, like 16 teams, and I won first place. Number oh, you one. Won. You, you, you singular won. Me and my team did very well. 
my team of professional quizzers. Yeah, you turn up with Puddin Hamish on your team, two Perth Quiz League um, big wigs. And, and there you go. You also had the candy man. Yes. You had the manager on your side, so nobody's telling me the marking wasn't um, <laughs> being influenced by that. In fact, we marked your sheet, so that's absolute, um, that's bollocks. Um, yeah, my team finished third. The pride of the Perth and Kidmos Council quiz every year. So it probably says a lot about the local authority there that we finished third in this quiz. I think we only got about four or five questions wrong in the whole quiz. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a really good quiz, really good night. Um, it was brown, I don't know how much they raised, but the raffle was superb. Um, but it was, a, it was a great day. <laughs> raffle featuring a comically oversized box of chocolates. It was literally about six foot. Like, do you know them big giant bars of Tolbron you get? Double the size of that and like chocolate bar size. It was... Do you know, like when and Willy Wonka when they shrink somebody down, and or like they they made a really big bar. It was like that big. Yeah, it was. It huge. was. Um, no, it was great, and they were. You know what? It's a it's a brilliant club. Um, it really is. The girls are fantastic. Everyone involved is you know just brilliant. It's a great, right good little community club, and um, all the volunteers mucking in and that. It's it's great, and um. Ah, it's nice to be involved, it really is. It is, and but let's get to the football. Um, a couple of weeks back, well, I've been putting that off. Yeah, I've been, try- I've been trying to just sort of stall that a little bit. We'll have a little sandwich. We'll do the good stuff, then we'll do the bad stuff, and then we'll do- we'll do a little good bit at the end again. Well, that's called yeah. a shit sandwich, I believe. <laughs> a shit sandwich. Uh, so Queens Park, top of the table. Queens Park rolled into town and raced to a two-goal lead. Um. Ellie May Cowie pulled one back just before half time. Then St. Johnson score an equaliser through LV McLean, John Joe LV, uh, with an absolute peach, which is a goal of the season contender. She won it last year for her goal against East Fife at home. Um, but this was an absolute peach again, um, looped it up over the keeper. Uh, before, in the last three seconds of the match, we, we heard the line saying 15 seconds left to the, to the ref over the radio and in that 15 seconds, he managed to win a corner and score off it, losing 3-2, which is a big disappointment. But um, we didn't really want to stop and uh, bother the management of them because they looked a bit disheartened. So we managed to catch up with assistant manager Kev Candy after the game, and we'll get to that very shortly, Dan. Yeah, I would like to just point out before I forget this um, that the there was a real shock in that game. Um, that someone with the surname Kane scored in a game involving St. Johnston. <laughs> yes, that's a very valid point. She scored in every single league game she's played in this season for uh, Queen's Park. Oh, it's all. Yeah. She's and good. that's probably a big part of the reason why at the top of the league. Ella Kane, very good player. Yes, very well said. This is what uh, Kev Candy had to say in summary of that match. Um, listen, we're quite pragmatic again when analysing the game as a whole. And if we had gone in at the half even further down than we already were, we did well to get a goal back just before the break, which was well-timed. Um, we really couldn't have had too much to complain about. Uh, clean, Queens were pretty clinical with the two finishes that they did have, and there was probably two or three other pretty good chances that they'll be disappointed not to finish. So we found ourselves in a difficult spot at half-time, but we had prized the door back open again and at least given ourselves a little bit of a chance for that second half 
Um, we knew that going into the second period that if we played broadly similar as we did to the first period, <laughs> we wouldn't be getting a good result out of the day. But to be fair to the players, second-half performance was absolutely exceptional and exactly what we were looking for um, to come back into the game the way they did. Obviously, losing uh, Ellie Mitchell at half-time was, was unexpected. Bobby did exceptionally well coming off the bench for our, um, I think I guess it would be our second debut for the club. Um, and also another another LV McLean special goal. LV's got a habit of picking those out of uh, out of the, out of our playbook at the in the most important the times. Going down to ten bodies didn't help us, um, but credit to the players again. They didn't give up. They didn't think that the game was over at that point. They kept pushing for a winner. Morgan had a potentially a wee sniff right at the end. It was it was a tricky one for a finish. Um, and then Queens have obviously come back up the road, but up the other end rather, and finished the day. So disappointing to maybe lose the goal the way we did. Can we feel too hard done by with the end result? Probably not. Purely on the basis of of the first half performance. But certainly the second half performance uh, was one of the the most um, the grittiest performances that we've seen this season. So um, a lot of positives to take from the second half to take into the next game. Honest review there. Yeah, and you'll always get that from Kev. He's honest as they come, and he's always fair. And yeah, it's it was uh, was disappointing. That's already um, progress for anyone who. Um, with access to the internet, so that's literally everyone listening to this. Um, if you sort of follow SJWSC on Twitter, um, our friend Stuart puts together, lovingly puts together a fantastic program every single match. I mean, Stu does so much around that club, but he lovingly puts together a program for every single match, and it's a fantastic read, and it's always worth, whether it's Kev or Jamie reading the manager's comments, because we're always got real value in them yeah uh, between them like there's like 42 pages every single week and it's free so follow them at at stjwfc on on twitter and you can get access to the match day program on match days maybe a couple hours before kickoff uh, sure i'll upload it on there and trust me it's we're not just saying that because we support them it's a good read and it, it's free it's free it's free it's brilliant it is genuinely so good and yeah, it's um, yeah, well worth a well worth a read. I, although club captain Hannah Clark slagging me off in it, um, was the last time I read it. That's why I thoroughly enjoy it. So there was a midweek game, the cancellation from a waterlogged pitch from a few weeks back. Uh, Buddy Muir rocked in on a Wednesday evening. Oh, could Buddy Muir do it on a cold Wednesday night at Junefield? Yes, yes, they could. They won one nil. Um. It wasn't a great game. The second half was an absolute. I, I, we can admit that they got battered. Oh, it was a yeah. It was one way traffic. Um, no two ways about it. <laughs> one way traffic. No two ways about it. <laughs> You're right. Um, one way. It, it, it was. Um, it was one way. It was one way traffic. Most of the half. They, they had a really good first half as well. Really competitive first half actually. Um, both sides showed some good attacking intent. That's for sakes. Maybe I'd a little bit the better of it, but second half just didn't see it come together again as it did in the first. And but the frustrating thing is, it's another goal for set piece. Yeah, 
for the second game running um, a goal off a set piece. But bearing, um, speaking to if you folk around saying bury me all, um, they do that for fun. Mm-hmm. The real a lot of their goals come off corner kicks. They were. Um... It looked like at a stage St. Johnson may have been able to hold on because the goal came pretty late in the day. I think it was maybe 85th minute. Um, but it was it was always coming from as soon as the second half kicked off. It was it was always looking like it, that they were going to score. And they, they did. They broke through, got the goal. I think that's maybe the second time this season there's been less than five goals in a game. Yeah, it probably is, actually. Um, but we were standing next... That comes up in a very good interview coming up in a second, mate. Very nice. That very start comes up in a very good interview. Good. And we will get to that. But yeah, we were standing with Ellie May, which we didn't touch on, uh, who got a red card in the Queen's Park game, which made the comeback after scoring, get, then get sent off. Then we equalised before losing the last goal. So she's suspended for three games. So she was in the crowd, which and again, she was in the crowd against Livingston for the match on Sunday there. But before we get to that... Dan caught up with defender who had came into the starting lineup, Laura Steedman. So I'm joined by Saints defender Laura Steedman. Laura, disappointing night. Can you give us your overall thoughts? I think first half we set up well. We had good structure. We played really good passes. We had moments in our play where everybody was connected for a good 20, 30 minutes. And then Going into half-time, we were quite happy with the, the clean sheet. A wee bit disappointed that we maybe hadn't scored, but felt like we could come out second half and make a difference. And then, unfortunately, it just didn't click. I felt like we stopped passing as much and weren't as connected. We weren't maybe getting out as quick. Turnovers and transitions weren't as good. And it just didn't happen for us. And I think... As a defender, it was a bit disappointing because from open play, I think we dealt with situations quite good. And it was a set piece that killed us, which is an issue. Yeah, unfortunately, two, uh, two late defeats to two set pieces in as many weeks. But as you say, from open play, certainly looked pretty solid at the back. And at times over the last few games, have looked pretty good going forward. Yeah, I think we, we know we're working on things and we're trying to implement certain things from training it's obviously there's been changes to the team I think everybody's working hard and there's a lot of competition and that's maybe making it quite difficult to select and why there is changes and that's maybe proving a wee bit difficult to connect on the park sometimes as well or when subs are coming on they're maybe finding it a wee bit difficult to get into the game and to be up to that tempo and that you know, it's difficult to go into such a competitive game and, and in 15 minutes try to make your impact. Like that's, that, I think that's difficult and it's, it's, it's not their fault. It's, it's just a challenge that we're facing just now and we need to figure out how to sort that. Yeah, absolutely. And Livingston... Um, uh, Livingston at the weekend uh, away to Tony Mac. Didn't got a plan last time we played Livy, but we have got a win over them this season, so how are we feeling? Feeling confident? Yeah, I think so. I think I love our league because it, it's really competitive and I, I genuinely believe that on any given day anybody in the league can take points off of each other. Um, there, there's not a gulf in, in teams. I, th- I think everybody's 
kind of on a very similar level and everybody's got good players. So it'll, I believe it'll be a really competitive game. We'll go out, we'll, we'll want to win, we'll want to be better than them, we'll want to score. Um, and we've got to have that belief that we, we're disappointed from tonight, but turn it around. How do we go out on Sunday, rectify those those little errors, those moments where we maybe switch off and, and be a bit sharper to, to be clinical and to make sure that we, we keep clean sheets? Do really appreciate it. It's easy to come out and speak after one. It's not so easy after a defeat. So I do really appreciate that. I've just got one more question. Is tonight drawing a blank connected to the finishing school that we saw at training on Sunday? Uh, I don't know if you've maybe been a jinx because... <laughs> when... <laughs> well, it had been, been a minimum of five goals in every game this season, near enough, until Numbnuts and Numbnuts 2 turned up. So... Um, but no, uh, as I say, Laura, really appreciate your time there and here's to a win next Sunday. Thank you very much. I like Laura. Lovely person, really lovely person. She is the hive of positivity. She is, and I like that. When you're from where I'm from, you've not got a lot to be positive about. So it's nice to hang out with actually positive people. What do you mean like Blackpool? You've been to our pubs, you know what I mean. <laughs> That's a fair point. I thought you might just... Blackpool's the funnest place in the world. You've got Coral Island. <laughs> Big fan of Coral Island. But thank you to Laura for speaking to us after the game. So, Sunday rolled around and it was an away trip to the Tony Macaroni Arena, which is always nice when it's a proper stadium. Like You know what I mean? Like, it's not like like a fenced-off AstroTurf bit. I know Genefield's a proper stadium, but like a proper, proper stadium. Like, the the shit pitch. One I'm in with, view. One with four What's that? One with four stands. Yes, the the ten thousand seater Ammonville Stadium, which had a food kiosk open as well, and there was a decent turnout as well for the match, which was great to see. Um, but ultimately it ended in a four to defeat. The highlight being the steak and gravy. They had all the pies available: steak and gravy, scotch, hey. macaroni, and chicken curry. Yep, had the full biff there. I had that chicken pie, chicken curry pie at Livingston before. It was real nice, but Livingston looked excellent in the game. Although, as as wait to say, as bad as Saints, where they weren't that bad. Livingston were just excellent. We Anna Dickoff up top, who we know uh, from the match at Genefield, scored an absolute peach. But she did somehow manage to win four headers, and she's she's not the the tallest, shall we say? No, she's not. But she's they still managed to manage to manage to manage to manage to manage to manage to bring it down on the chest and then volley it in the top bin from about twenty yards out. It was an absolute peach. They then went two up, and then it went two one three two. 4-2 to how it went down but uh, the highlight of that match was uh, speaking to my, my new my new best friends uh, Mr and Mrs Patterson who I was sitting next to the football Megan Patterson's mum and dad who were sitting ne- behind me in the stand um, hi Lorraine how are you I know she wanted to listen but I told her it was called the Dogger Saints podcast and she looked very concerned and I told her get Megan to send her the link do not search doggers on the internet it was never going to work out good no, no, you've got a lot of rabbit holes you can go down that way, and none of them pleasant. Certainly not, but we discussed... It's not even if you find us. That, that's probably not pleasant for you. <laughs> There's no winner in that search, is there? No. But uh, yeah, the highlight of the match was seeing uh, Megan warm up at halftime, looking up into the crowd and panicking somewhat, wondering why I was speaking to her mum and dad for an hour. But um, we talked about air fryers. We talked about Drew Rutherford. The, the ex St. Johnson Hall of Famer. Yeah, we, we covered it, we ticked a lot of boxes, so it was good fun. And they said they were going to listen, so I need to say hello to them. You sound like you had a nice time um, while I was sat at home. Feeling a bit rough? Um, I was watching the World Cup final, but I, I, 
There's a lot going on. There was a lot going on. Unfortunately, three defeats for the St. Johnson women in uh, the last couple of weeks. However, they've got Gart Cairn at home on Sunday and they are pony. Yeah, but I'm, I don't want to say it. I am. five, At least five or six goals. At least seven. I want double figures off them. Gart Cairn are terrible. And the thing about Gart Cairn is they were born in the wagon of a travelling show. <laughs> they remember you should dance for the money they throw. They are indeed gypsies, tramps, and indeed thieves. So um, if you want to see a goal fest for the, the, the girls in blue, the Riverside is the place to go to this Sunday. That's why I recommend, because they are going to batter them, because they're terrible. No pressure. And you know what? Only a couple of weeks ago, they beat Sterling 6-0. They're a good side. I, I, they're on the cusp. I think they're about to turn a corner again. I think once they do, it'll be straight and narrow. All the way to state. <laughs> good. I'm glad you got to an end there. Um, obviously, you the Celine Dion theme tune, I'm Alive, is their intro music, but you text me something controversial midweek, Daniel, if you want to divulge that. It's getting to the time of year where I'm getting quite worried about my Spotify wrapped. Understandable. And given all the given all the tunes that come over the PA at the Riverside on a Sunday, come off my Spotify. No, I just I think like you know when they're going out of the pitch. The thing is with all right the ending to I'm Alive, you know that's got a lot going on. But you got to get through about three minutes of absolute dirge warbling first, yeah, until you get to that point, like slow paced warbling. So that is why I propose change the uh, change the entrance music. Something by Kasabian. That always gets everyone going. Oh, my humps by the Black Eyed Peas. It gets the people going. <laughs> Not one of the, the lovely lady humps <laughs> is probably deeming on the sexist side of, of, of songs. It's probably not advisable. Dan, to go Honestly, I am finding out here about when I'm compiling these playlists. You do have to start thinking about to be fair, the they content would, of the they songs. Would, they would come out to WAP. If, if they could. I know they would, but I'm not just playing it for them, am I? No, you know, there's a lot of old people and kids kicking about. Well, you can mess with Alex Moody if you want. It's, it's down to her. She is the... And you, you could play her playlist and she'd still moan it wasn't loud enough or something like that, to be fair. It'll be, it'll be all right. It'll be all right. It is. Get down to the Riverside on Sunday for St. Johnson hammering Gart Cairn by at least eight goals. We'll see you then. Get there. That was a nice get there and a nice segment into George O'Boyle in the Royal. Where have you seen George? I like this time of, sorry, back to George O'Boyle, the theme tune there. It's this time of year when it gives an extra special treat because it's pretty festive as it is. But this time of year, oh, when it's a bit crisp in the morning, listening to that George O'Boyle in the Royal went in a Wonderland theme tune. What an absolute delight it is. But where have you seen St. Johnson players, male or female? And what have they been doing? Dan, who's, who's chipped in this week? Our old pal, Craig Middleton. Mr. Content, we call him. Mr. Content. He's actually got two for us. Brilliant. Keep I'm going on. to tell the first one because I'm going to tell the first one because it's better because then I get involved. Right. So Craig's text me. This is a, this is a good story. So this was actually a couple of months ago when I was staying at Lenny's. Lenny's gaff. Lenny's gaff. So it was after the Livingston game. 
And right, so the first bit of this is quite funny. So I'll take it as normal. So Craig's text me. It's about 20 to 10 at night. All the fun were Robinson and Costello, all outside of Tesco eating Magnums. <laughs> I have no further details for this old boil, but it did make me chuckle. Right? <laughs> Do we know which Magnums it was? I could just leave it there and it'd be quality. Yeah. But this gets better. So a few of us got out into town after that game. And we stopped in the um, the Slancher bar. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> formerly the Tavern, formerly the Scaramouche, for, for listeners yeah. of all generations. Now, I was a little bit boozy by this point. Okay. So I can't remember Craig had come into. I can't remember Craig had come into Slancher off his own accord or whether he'd see me in there and come in specifically to tell me to check my phone. <laughs> I hope it's a letter. I hope it's a letter, but he's like, but then he's relayed this whole story to me again. It's like, they're outside, he said, they're outside Tesco eating Magnums. Just out, they're out there eating Magnums. I'm like, right. I believe you. I've said, I'll get it on. I'll get it on the podcast next week. We're about to wait about six weeks. Sorry. Um, but then, actually, the lads then came into the pub. All the fun were Robinson and Costello. Were they still eating Magnums? I think just, I think just to use the toilet. No, but um, I had all the like Robinson at one point. I never actually told you this before because <laughs> I was a little bit embarrassed. But I'm, I think I might as well stay with this kid right now. I had my arm around like Robinson going, you were fucking great today, you pal. You were fucking great. That's a nice and encouraged him, to, encouraged him to come on the podcast. He said he would. I don't think he meant it. <laughs> I thought you were going to tell him about his Florida man story about a man fucking a horse. I'm glad you, <laughs> I'm, I'm glad it was the story you said. <laughs> so I was. This is like when I kept telling you know, right? You were there for this when I kept telling Theo that, that the goals would come. They didn't, come. and he would rise again. You will rise again. The goals will come. They didn't. It come. was similar to that. They didn't come, though, did they? No, you just kept telling him his girlfriend was really fit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I certainly did. So anyway, so that's where we're at now. Good. So we've got a very good old boy there from Craig and me making a bit of a tit of myself. Love it. Absolutely love it. I've got nothing against any of that story. What is your favourite Magnum? Oh, I'm I'm classic. Just a classic? Just chocolate? I like the one you that's like got a the, classic. the toffee one all the way through it. Oh, I'll tell you what I used to have. I don't know if you still do it. It was it was classal. Um, it was like a magnum, so it was the ice cream and chocolate. But it had like chopped up nuts in in chocolate, and then like some sort of berry sort of thing going through the ice cream. Ooh. Berries are curveball. Oh, it was good. Like, and I think they did it with an advert where some bird was getting nailed. <laughs> Sold. If you eat a magnum, Sold. yeah. Sorry. Better than a horse. Where there was um sorry, I will rephrase that because that was that was not a nice way of putting it. Um where sexy times were occurring between a man and a woman. Were they both eating a magnum at the time? Well, I think that was what it was. It was like it was a suggestive advert. I'm gonna say suggestive. 
Did you ever see that advert for uh, used Bentleys? Yes. With the with the woman in kind of uh, like suspenders leaning over a counter, and it said like used Bentleys, and it said, "You know, you're not the first, but do you really care?" <laughs> I thought I thought that was brilliant. To be fair, that's pretty good. You can't argue it. You certainly cannot. But if you've seen any St. Johnson player eating any kind of ice cream snack, you may have seen Dimitar Mitov eating a feast, or 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 you may have seen Stevie May. Chomping down on a colipo. Who knows? <laughs> Karen McPherson struggling with a mini milk. <laughs> you could have seen Sven Sprangler trying to open up a sun lolly. He, he wouldn't like that because he doesn't like sweet stuff. He, does, he doesn't like sweet stuff. You're absolutely right. That's a very good <laughs> video. Well done to the St. Johnson content team this week who have uh, absolutely captured um, Sven Sprangler and just used him for everything because he seems to be like the nicest guy in the world. Did you know I turned up to the um, Fair City Saints quiz? Yeah, I did hear that, yeah. Yeah, he was in the team with um, Martin, Ross, Chris and Ronan. So, yeah, fair play to him. And he knew some, he had some knowledge about Disney, apparently. He did, He knew yes. that Goofy's son was called Max. That was the one. Real nice. And he's That's a member it. of the... I like it that was a training ground, Jake, between Sven and Wee Max, that he kept calling him Goofy's son or something. Like it's in, it, like he completely got the whole thing about just you know I have a nickname for short in it. That would be good. Like when you're on a football pitch. He's also a member of the gym group, uh, Sven Spangler. So if you've seen him at the gym, let us know what he's doing in there. Um, and if you get a photo with him in the gym group, a selfie, you can have an El Paz mug. He will not be having what's it? He will not be having a, having a younger sports water because that'll be too sweet for. You know, I, do you know what? That was my favorite. That was my favourite thing about the gym group, to be brutally honest with you, the youngest sports water. It's the only good thing about the gym group. It is a terrible place. Yeah, it's like even like going in there at four o'clock, it's just young team hanging about machines. You go in there at any hour of the day. I used to go in at about seven o'clock and it was like that. Chaos. But if you, ha- if you have seen any St. John's players, they don't need to be eating delicious treats. Um, they could be doing absolutely anything. Recently, we've seen David Witherspoon in a car in Inverness, in the back of a car in Inverness. Uh, we've seen lots of Georgia Wilds and the Royals, so it's a great feature and great. But when I went through at Livingston on Sunday, I passed Deer Park, which reminded me of the I'm in View podcast feature, Gary Boland at the Ooh. Deer Park Bowling. Sorry, right. You, no, you've reminded me of something. Because they once, about 100 years ago, right, did, a, um, did some sort of content with the Livingston women's team, right? As soon as our video came out, uh, West Lovian's premier gobshite, Liam Innes, is right on at me. And I'd, I'd like totally forgotten that they just completely lifted one of our features. Yeah. Oh, well, because they did that. Have they done a thing with the women's team? Like, apparently. Nobody cares. Nobody I don't, cares remember, I don't remember watching this. Nobody cares about Livingston or anything they do in Livingston. There's too many roundabouts for my liking. But they do have a good Smith's Toy Superstore, which I managed to spend £800 in there on Sunday. And I bumped into uh, FCU aficionado Blair randomly walking past. Oh, what a time. What a... <laughs> Indeed. What right. a meeting, what a meeting. Right, let's move on. For some reason, Dan, we didn't do a theme team last... Well, we did do a theme team, but we didn't um, pick a new topic for the, this episode. So it's a fresh, it's a blank slate. It's a clean slate. And this theme came about, Dan, when I was uh, speaking to a St. Johnson's Women's Squad member who's off to Dublin in January with her pals Nat and Georgia. Now, do their names ring a bell to you? No. 
Okay, well, Nat and George, this, this is obviously a different Nat and Georgia. Um, Nat and Georgia were characters uh, from Brookside who were brother and sister, and they were shagging. All right, so we're doing incest. No, we're not doing incest. We're going to do soaps, I feel. <laughs> I think it's oh, okay. the, is the key, yeah. Um, to be fair, the Nat and Georgia she's going with isn't the Nat and Georgia from the 1996 uh, deprived plot line where Georgia got pregnant by her brother. Brookside was wild-like. Brookside was the wildest of all the soaps. Like, first lesbian kiss, people buried under the patio. It was Jimmy When Cork. Ron shot Clint. Oh, it was all go. A cult, bombs going off in the Brookside close. Sinbad doing Sinbad things. It was a rare treat for all. But we're doing soaps. <laughs> now, I had to think about my favourite soap character uh, being Robbie Butcher's dog. Wellard. <laughs> so that's how I've landed with Bryn Halley Wellard and I never, I never actually realised how close Matt Butcher was to Pat Butcher <laughs> well funnily enough I'm, I've just thought of that now so that's mine <laughs> you claiming that one yeah so we are looking for any oh, oh no Fred Elliot Menzies Chief Commissioner in advance home. we didn't well that well said, because that is where we're going next. So we will put a poll up next week. Anything to do with soaps, Brookside, Emmerdale. Is there, has there been a Dale? Um, any soap, El Dorado, El Paz Dorado. Um, you could get away with. <laughs> I'm just real. I went Elliot Menzies, and then I could have got Fred. Could have gone Fred Elliot Parish. <laughs> Fred Elliot Parish, brilliant. Either way, was that the one? Who was the one that ended up being like a transgender? I can't remember. Probably. Um. Yeah. I like Fred Elliott because he was based on fog on Lego. I say, I say. <laughs> I say, Ashley, Ashley, I say, Ashley. So anything to do with soaps is our theme this week. We'll put a post up on social media and give you a good long run at it. We'll tag the post. We'll pin it as well. So I think our current pin post is our uh, training session with SGFC Women. So if you follow us on at Dogger Saints on Twitter, you will get that video at the top of our link. But the St. Johnson banter page never fails to entertain on a weekly basis. Let's go there now. The good, the bad and the banto. Dan, this is your corner, little corner of our podcast where you scour through the St. Johnson banter page looking for absolute nonsense. Some of it we have to kind of pick apart to make sure that they are taking the piss. Most of the time they're not, but this is what makes it amazing. Oh, yeah. No no question about it. <clears throat> so I'm going to start with a good banter this week. And the fellow that posts on there, usually after games, very sort of thoughtful analysis of the games. Um, and I didn't know whether he listened to us because he posts thoughtful analysis of the game. <laughs> whereas we... <laughs> I don't even know what we do anymore. Um, so a fellow called Lewis... Right, but I've seen him like um, quite a lot of our sort of stuff on online. So maybe he's listening. So if you are, um, hello, you're, you're this week, you're this week's good banter, um, uh, because he, have you seen how Vernon Kay's been doing um, the Dells Ultra Marathons? For oh, yeah, no, I, I know where this is going now. Yeah, I've, I've seen this. Yeah, I know where you're going. I, I have never noticed this before. And I thought it was a bit of a stretch when I first saw it. Why are you putting a bucket on? I don't know. I'm just going to bit bucket high. Cool. Um, 
So I, I, <laughs> I thought this is a bit of a stretch. And then when I looked at it, it was actually brilliant. Um, he said, congratulations to Murray Davidson on all his, um, all his fundraising work this week. And there is a very striking likeness. I have to say, I think Vernon K is a little bit more handsome, but... See, when Murray scrubs up, though, and he's had, like, a shave and stuff, and he doesn't look like a, a grizzled homeless guy. Yeah. He's... But, he... but whenever I see Murray, he generally looks like a grizzled homeless guy. <laughs> yeah, bless him. I've not seen him around much, to be fair. I think he's been... Well, yeah, he's up and stuff. Uh, okay. I think he's been... Um, like on the uh, on the injuries... Um, I think he's um that I think he's probably busy with his post post playing career, shall we say. Um good lad almost. Um so yeah, so that was this week's good battle. That was that was a, a bit of a chuckle. I have then gone for my wildcard bantle this week is called Banto in Pog form. <laughs> right. So for any anyone who's ever watched the Simpsons will know what I mean by this, but um, Seamus and his shirts are at large once again, but under a new guise. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually like he slipped a couple of times. He's posted just off his um off his general account, but he um and bless him, right? He does sometimes get a bit of stick. But do you want me to tell the backstory for anybody that might not be aware of of Seamus? Oh yeah, sorry. No, so there's but... a fellow on there. Um, nice. Oh, do you want you, do you go on, Tom? You take it. Off. You're oh, not better than me. Basically, there's a guy called Seamus Ferry who on Twitter he collects Saint shirts and he's not shy about asking people for free Saint shirts. Basically, and I've I've not got a problem with it. It's actually quite funny now. It's it's, it's quite the hustle, but he's now started up. I think he does do exchanges for most of them, or pays yeah. for a lot of them. And that's his thing. But I think most people are just jealous because of his collection is absolutely amazing. Oh, it's mint. It is a properly... Aye, it's a proper collection. It's his thing. Um, I did nail, He did nearly force me to throw my phone against the wall when he, uh, after that St. Mirren game in the post-split when we were going down. Um, and he, he claimed he was bringing darkness out of the light because he'd got a new shirt immediately after we'd just chucked <laughs> in the worst performance of all time. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, but but we got past it. Um, but he's now, uh, he's set up his own Facebook page for his shirts. Um, so that's, he's back in pog form. Um, <laughs> do you remember Alf? He's back in pog form. And this week's bad banto uh, is very, very simple, very short. Um, goes back a few weeks, but if everyone could shut up about the four six zero, that'd be great. Yeah, um, we're not going to mention it deliberately for the fact that it's boring. I mean, it's boring to watch. <laughs> but he did say I... he's seen it in there, and like that shouldn't be his legacy. One game, one formation. Of course, it should. I do get people that went over to Prague. At the time, feeling quite sort of... Mind you, you'd have got a few days in Prague, so I don't have that much sympathy. But feeling quite sure it changed. And people seeing it as a very bad football tactic, which it was. Um, but it was a long, 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 long time ago. And isn't really relevant and is wasn't ever a reason for him not to be not to get the Saints job. Bad banter. That's what bad that is. Bad banter. But it's all banter. 
it's it's good, it's bad, it is indeed Banto. Um, so if you're posting anything on the St. Johnson Banter page, keep 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 us in mind. Humor us. Yes, humor us. Also keep it light and don't cause a headache for our friend Elliot, who is a, who does this. I was gonna say out of the goodness of his own heart, but he has to deal with shit that goes down and uh, also, I've got another good banto. Um, because Christmas is coming, my lovely friend Betty is tirelessly posting the Christmas stock in the club shop. Your tie looks all right. Your tie does look good. Top quality. Fine bit of kit. Yeah, so that that woman works wonders for that. For the size of space she's got in that shop, the amount of stock and new items she's got coming in, the Udi looks absolutely tremendous. I want to see your own Udi for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> I would very much go for the same, Sudi. Yeah, big fan of that. So, that's the good, the bad, and the banto. Yeah, that is the good, the bad, and the banto. But I've just remembered something that I'd sort of managed to forget. Do you remember when we modelled Satan's Christmas merch? I do remember that, yeah. It was the Oven yeah. Gods and Apron. Do they still do them, I wonder? Who knows? Who knows? Because I am going to be moving into a new place, finally. Upping, up, upping, uprooting out of mother's spare room and into my own place eventually, once my house sells. That's going to be our new sponsor next week, is the people who ever are selling my house. <laughs> they're, getting, yeah. they're getting free advertising, basically. Yes. This podcast is literally going to be put on a weekly basis, purely for the to drive traffic towards <laughs> the internet to sell my house. Good. Right. Good, the bad, and the bad. Oh, <laughs> we go again. St. Johnson are back in action. Football. Let's talk St. Johnson and football and Heart of Midlothian and some place we've not really had that good a time there of recent, but it's a great away day. Oh, it's tremendous. I'm very much looking forward to my trip to Tynecastle on Saturday. It'll be yeah, it's a great it's a great away game. The only issue we've got now is the fact that and at least hearts are consistent with it, I'll give them that. You don't get much of an allocation, no. which is means it's always a bit of a ball like trying to get tickets for it. Um, we used to, I'm, I'm pretty sure we used to get a bigger allocation, but I've, I mean, Hearts had a demand for season tickets. Yeah, fair enough. Go on that. Um, and they do the same for Celtic and Rangers, so you can't really say fairer than that. No, um, looking forward to it. I'm excited about it. They're also not very good. No, and they've got loads of people out injured, and there's obviously the Craig Levine factor as well, returning to his old club, which usually is a good sign, I feel. It is. Um, also, Naismith, maybe <sighs> the international break came at a good time for Naismith or McAvoy or Ambodge, whoever's picking the Hearts team these days, um, sort of lost track. Yeah, I'm I'm looking for I'm quietly confident. Um and then I remember, you know, then I remember our away form this season, which consists of two points and zero goals. Yeah, that's that's not a good thing. What was the other who's the other away point? I know Celtic nil nil. Oh and Aberdeen nil nil as well, wasn't it? That was Everdeen. Everdeen. The Everdeen. Aye, um, so but who knows? I don't. I, I don't. I don't. Um, don't know what I was going to line up. Um, imagine me to have a goal. 
And after that, it's that. Be a, oh, there'll be McGowan, the back five pretty much, not the back four out of the five pick themselves. I think Brown did enough. I think Brown did enough in the last game against County to to merit another goal. I, I think that was the one thing, unless Costello's back from suspension. I think he's had a little injury as well. Um, Dre, I, I, Dre, I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon, judging by the sort of nick of him in the. Nah, just... when we saw him in the stand last week. Double like um, cup. Yeah, um, so I think it'll. Pro- I think he'll. I think he'll go Brown. Be Brown, McGowan, Gordon, Considine, Robinson, Smith, and Phillips. He might bring Sprangler back in somewhere. I don't know. You know, he might go. You know, actually, I've, I've cracked it. Oh, I've cracked it. I think he'll go free in midfield of Phillips, Sprangler, and. Mike Smith. Um, Mike Smith. I think I'll go Carey playing off Kane. Yep. I agree. I'll go one off front. That's exactly what I think. But as long as he's wearing chinos, that is all I care. And on that very point, Daniel, we are announcing a new campaign for the 2nd of January. St. Johnson are away to Dundee in January. And what better, what better place to launch the Dogger Saints' first ever brown and beige invasion get your chinos looked out get your get your we basically want everybody to wear chinos to the match in honor of the great man <laughs> and the second of january when it's very much like literally pissing it down in dundee chinos chinos you can pick um... up a pair in primark for about less than a tenner get down there get the beigest chinos you can find and get them on I've actually got a pair of beige chinos. Yeah, me um, too. Brown and beige. If you can, yeah. if you can, if you can beige up top half as well, that's that's the dream. <laughs> that's the dream combo. <laughs> Are we going to launch the uh, second part of the campaign? Go on. That that colour scheme be put to use elsewhere next season. <laughs> we want a brown and beige away kit. Yes, exactly that. Um, Coventry City, at some point, the whatever it was, kit. when they're. Old brown kit, um, the New Zealand cricket team through the eighties, the Beige Brigade. Yeah, even if we can't get a kit, some training wear would be great. Looked. Yeah, in honour of the boss, the boss chinos of Kim Ross, the boss of Kim Ross, the chino, the brown and beige invasion, the second of January, away to Dundee. Let's have a sea of beige and brown for the guy. I think it'll be a, a fair good laugh and we'll try and turn it into some kind of fundraiser where if you wear chinos and then donate a pound to, to a cause and then we'll but we'll we'll, we'll 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 sort out the finer points near the thing. So yeah, pay a pound to look say pay a pound to dress like a bit of a dick. I love I always wear chinos. <laughs> and I'm a bit <laughs> of a dick. Absolutely fair. I know enough. that's why I said it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm I'm glad to be back, Dan. I'm glad we're back. I'm delighted to be back. Um, we've actually talked a lot about football on this podcast, which is unusual for us. We also talked about a man having sex with a miniature horse. Fictional incestuous siblings. And your favourite Magnum. Um, <laughs> a fine concoction. It's, it's all been going off. It has been, but we wouldn't expect anything less. And with it being episode 92 of the Dogger Saints podcast, 
Creed, which is you know the predecessor. No, predecessor means before, doesn't it? Yeah. No. What's that? What's the opposite of a predecessor? Successor. The successor to episode ninety one and ninety. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Keep me right here. I couldn't remember the word uh, intimidated earlier on. Um, <laughs> God. <laughs> Jesus, dying your arse podcasting at its finest. Um, <laughs> episode ninety. You picked the song to see us out on. It was Groovers in the Heart by Daylight. I went, I, I went crowd pleasing. It was. I went with a more topical song of The Show Must Go On by Queen from 1991 um, in honor of the team still needing to go on, basically, in the back. It was a, it was a tedious thing at best, to be fair. Uh, but it is back to you, Dan, for episode 92, a song from 1992 to see us out. What are you going for? I'm going full damn. Um, I, resi- I resisted going full damn the first time round. I might resist it next time round, but... Until Radiohead creeps up in like 96, 97. Mm, no, that, that, that would have been 92 as well, creep. Or that might have been 91. I can't remember. Awesome. Um, so I was going to go for one of my other favourite bands. Favourite? Uh, other favourite bands. Um, so I'm going for an R.E.M. song. I was going to go for my favourite R.E.M. song, which I thought was 92. But it wasn't. It was 91, which is half a world away. So I'm going to go for my second favourite R.E.M. song, which is from 1992, which is probably better known. And that is Man on the Moon. Oh, it's a very good song to see us out on. You could have had you could have had Everything About You by Ugly Kid Joe, Jump by Criss Cross, A.K. Breaky Heart by Billy oh, Ray Cyrus. Oh, I love Jump. KWS, Please Don't Go, Something Good, Utah Saints. There was Rhythm as a Dancer. Lots of classics, but you have gone sensible. Heartbeat by Nick Berry, re-released in 92. Stay Shakespeare's Sister, Baker Street, the cover. House of Pain, Jump Around. (laughs) (laughs) Right, come on, let's get this wrapped up. Bye. See everyone, thanks for listening. Bye. Now Andy, did you hear about this one? Tell me, are you locked in the pond? Andy, are you goofing on out?